on the wrestling podcast about nothing. How did you find out about pro wrestling across the country and across the world before cable TV and the internet? If you're a fan in the olden days or the 70s or the 80s, you learned from wrestling magazines. That's what we're going to talk about today. And joining us to talk about this dying medium is one of our oldest pals, Adult Mark. I always like the aftermags, Mike. They're not the aftermags. Don't you dare. We'll get into it. Plus, the brawler hits the big time. We'll talk about that. Your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 197, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crocker, the longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, Currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. Now he's a contracted Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is one half of the bouncers. It's the NWA's own brawler, Brian Malonis. <laughs> no, it's not officially yet, though, right? Oh, well, yeah, unofficially, I guess. You haven't actually debuted on the program. Debuted. No, no, no. Yeah, we're, we're there next week. You know, we fly to Atlanta next week. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's all live. You didn't know that? It's live on That's the live. YouTubes? Yep, it's live every Tuesday. Excellent. Excellent. I guess I'll check. <laughs> so, well, Brian Theory is not here. He actually Does he ever show up for work anymore. He's getting he's getting that uh, Fed money now, and uh, you know he can't show up for work. <laughs> I think that might be it. Yeah, he was <laughs> last week at the Performance Center. We kind of hemmed and hawed around it on the podcast because we weren't sure what we could say, but he put it out there. He was uh, his third time, his third go round as a guest trainer at the PC last week. Huh. Really? Hmm. Huh. Huh. I mean, cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that with him at some point very soon. I don't know. I probably can officially have like no comment on them, right? I don't know. I guess, yeah. I mean, you're in their big rival, the NWA. <laughs> yes. What, <laughs> what is this, 1985? <laughs> if only it could be, right? Uh, we've got a friend here who is uh, in love with 1985 and all things old school professional wrestling. He's a good friend of ours, and he's going to talk to us today. He's going to help us talk about wrestling magazines. Your pal and mine, Adult Mark. Hi. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank, well, thanks this. for having us. We're actually in your home. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think the last time we were here, we made you be a silent uh, party to it, right? Yeah. That was, uh, I had to go upstairs, I think. <laughs> that was when you guys we had, took uh, over your house. Yeah. Yeah. Why did we do it here? I don't know. Was it more convenient uh, I, for a guest? I think Handsome found out I might have had steaks on the grill. <laughs> I think that was... <laughs> yes. We, we, we recorded our first uh, interview with Ivar. Now he's Ivar, of course. He was Warby and Hanson back then. But when we did that podcast, it was episode eight, and it turned out to be episodes eight and nine together because we recorded for like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. But yeah, we we came here because I guess you had the meat, right? Yeah, exactly. Dalton's got the meat. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) That's the word on the street, at least. Oh, goodness gracious. (laughs) So yeah, the NWA, Brian Malonis. The National Wrestling Alliance. Look, 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 Mike. Look what I'm wearing here. You're wearing the NWA Power shirt. Yeah. 
So, you know, it was free 99. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you got a t-shirt and a handshake? Is that what you're saying? That was my payday. Oh, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. No, no hot dog or coke, coke with that? No? No, no hot dog. Just the uh, just t-shirt. Yeah. Is that glow in the dark? Looks like it might. <laughs> no, no. I actually wanted the one that had that said power multiple times, but they didn't have fat ass sizes on that one. So. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> so it was actually I wanted that one. Then there was another one I wanted. Then they didn't have fat guy sizes either one of those. So this is my third choice. My fourth choice would have been just the plain NWA shirt if uh, they didn't have this one in fat guy size. So, But you lucked out and got the NWA power yes. shirt. Yes. Very nice shirt. Very nice t-shirt. Adult. I think, is this the only promotion you're currently watching like me? The NWA? No. I watch... Uh MLW, NWA, Ring of Honor. Uh, I'll watch uh, NXT, NXT oh, UK. He watches the product. Maybe maybe he should be the new host of the podcast. <laughs> no, I st- I'm, no, I'm not one of those guys who's angry or anything. No, I, I still I watch the pay-per-views. So you're saying you watch, you have, much like us, have lots of friends that are in if, any and every promotion. Yep. So you say you try to watch them, keep up with them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this piece of shit has not seen like the last <laughs> Ring of Honor match of mine. I heard was, uh, Brian Fury yeah, go off on him yeah, in that was, one uh, episode. Madison Square Garden. That was the last Ring of Honor match of mine he's seen. No, that's not true. I watched the, your pay-per-view day. Debut. Oh, that's right. For Where you free, bled yeah. the gusher. Yeah, for free at uh, Brian Fury's house. Actually, no, we I were didn't. together when we watched our <laughs> Ring of Honor show, I think. No, I watched it on my own. Madison Square Garden show? Oh, I think we were at Kevbo's, weren't we, no? No, I went to Madison Square Garden. Oh. I went live. Show wow. Yeah, we showed up for the big show. It was for free. You get it for free? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Probably. He did. Maybe. <laughs> In exchange for services. Yes. Whoa. Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey. Not that kind of services. <laughs> it, it was New York City. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't make it there, you can't make it anywhere. I mean, he didn't get the, <laughs> well, we made it, all right. He didn't get the ticket from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I did some graphic work for you. You had a. a it, uh, it really was graphic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to just quit while I'm behind. <laughs> well, I, it wouldn't be the first time. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about No talking about behinds. Uh, <laughs> all right, so the National he Wrestling really Alliance. really wanted to see that show. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did this all come about? You're a Ring of Honor guy. You end up showing up in the NWA in Atlanta, Georgia last week. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a working relationship with the NWA and Ring of Honor, and I'm free to work other places anyways. So, yeah, it just kind of came together that way, kind of through that relationship. And uh, they you know, invited me and the Bruiser down, and we certainly weren't going to turn down the offer of a, a flight, some food, and some money. So And a T-shirt. And a T-shirt. And we were there. So uh, any spoilers you can offer? I won't share spoilers, but we're on quite a few upcoming episodes of the NWA Power episode, uh, television pro television YouTube program YouTube program I guess yeah. I feel like people call that television now and they say it like you know, there is YouTube TV there is um, it's separate from the <laughs> w- website channel or it's, it was definitely a different experience I will say that from uh, just getting used to like working in front of a studio I think I think I'd work like some MWF studio tapings and I mean literally like the only thing that fit in the studio was the ring yeah so it was like no crowd but so this was just like a very different. Um, very different atmosphere and had to get like get your bearings a little bit of like because like the the hard cam is opposite the people so like it's very weird naturally if i was at a show where i would play to the people traditionally at at like a ring of honor show the hard cam is usually where there are people so you're playing to ball so it was it was different it was very different and uh, fun and um really great experience it's a good point is there only fans on one side yeah. Yeah, they're all uh, nobody on three sides of the Yep, the just ring. just one side of the ring there. 
and you met a lot of uh, luminaries in the sport of professional <laughs> wrestling. This was... And not the luminaries that we like, usually talk about, which we're being facetious. <laughs> no, these are actual yes. luminaries. So I walk, me and Bruiser walk into the hotel, and I'm kind of like half paying attention. There's a guy standing there, glasses on, kind of looking at his phone. And I looked at him, and I was like, geez, that guy looks familiar. I'm not even putting two together because we actually had thought because we got our hotel room booked so late, we didn't think we were actually staying in the same hotel as everybody else. Yeah. Like we didn't realize that. So then I'm like, I kind of see him like from the side and Bruiser's kind of checking into the hotel room for us. And I'm just looking at him, looking at him, looking at him. And I go, God, that looks like Sean Mooney. I'm trying to be quiet now because he's only like 10 feet away from us, you know, rather than just. You know, being Learned a normal up. human being of going up and saying, hey, are you Sean Mooney? I'm trying <laughs> to be covert about it. So I go to Bruce. Is that Sean Mooney? He looks. He goes, yes, it is. So then a Ricky Morton comes walking down to the hotel lobby, and he starts talking with Sean Mooney. So now here I am in a hotel lobby in the year 2020, and there's Sean Mooney and Ricky Morton <laughs> talking in <laughs> some sort of like weird NWA, WWF, Flashback. late 80s <laughs> sort of time warp or whatever. So that's going on. So then me and even though the studio apparently is two minute walk from our hotel, me and Bruiser did not know that. So we took an Uber. (laughs) (laughs) The Uber ride is seriously like 10 minutes because you have to go around all these city blocks and the hotel we figured out the next day or that night when it was connected. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, when I tell you it's a two minute walk, it's a two minute walk. Like, like, and yeah, I mean, I, but nobody told us. Is it actually in Atlanta or? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. it's right on like the Georgia Tech campus, the okay. GPB Studios or whatever. So I get there, and I mean, there's just all sorts of people from all sorts of walks of wrestling. There's Eddie Kingston and Homicide. Um, you know, there's the Rock and Roll Express. There's Eli Drake and James Storm, who were in TNA, uh, ran into an old friend from you know the Chaotic Training Center, Aaron Stevens, who I hadn't seen in years at this point. Also known as Damian Sandow, yes. Yes. Uh, well, he's back to being Aaron yes. Stevens now. So you know, saw him, and he, he was blown away to see me. Couldn't believe I was there. Had no clue I was in Ring of Honor or anything like that because he doesn't, <laughs> you know, he doesn't watch wrestling or whatever. Like Michael. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's busy in Hollywood. Well, he's, yeah, movies. he's actually suffering. He's actually doing something with his life. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then, I, I think to top it all off. I think I texted you this. I might text a couple people this. That you know, I was like, give like a list of people like I'd interacted with on the day. I was like, today I've interacted with Sean Mooney, <laughs> the Rock and Roll Express. Aaron Stevens. Oh, and by the way, Billy Corgan, the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins, who owns the NWA. And it's like this weird, like, fever dream. <laughs> yep. Like, of like, you know, maybe you listen to Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness while you're falling asleep and and you're a fan of wrestling. So then, you know, and you watched them earlier in that day and you fell asleep and just had this weird dream. Like, it's it's pretty cool. It was awesome. <laughs> it was great. Very good experience, I'm sure. Hobnobbing with, uh, you know, the elite, yes. No, not not the <laughs> not, not the elite, not the but elite, but the elite. <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, we um, even though there was a walk back, I wanted to get some beer after the show. It was a convenience store, so uh, Robert Gibson had his car there. So we rode with the with the Rock and Roll Express. I, I upset Ricky Morton because I refused to sit in the front seat because there was no way I was going to make Ricky Morton sit in the back seat <laughs> of a car. Like, like, cause that's a story. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's absolutely, and I said it to him, I, was, I actually said it to him this way. I go, there's no way I am making Ricky Morton sit in the back of a car that I'm sharing with him. And he got all hot at me about it, but I'm like, no, there's no way I'll squeeze in the back. <laughs> like there's just absolutely no way. So we went and got some beer and then sat up to like two in the morning, <laughs> you know, drinking beer, eating pizza and watching the rock and roll express play uh, a virtual 
reality video game, which was I think there's a video of it somewhere online. You just, oh, you weren't just sitting there talking to them about the Survivor Series match they had at the Boston Garden. <laughs> it's a heavenly bodies. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean we. Were, I mean no, but we were at. I mean I was just yeah. I mean I was like a little kid, man. Like it was like I got these guys who were you know just have this you know they're just legends in the business and like to just share some beer and some pizza with them and just listen to them tell stories. Like I would have stayed up. Had they stayed up all night, I would have stayed up with them just to listen to the stories. And actually the, ne- the next day they waited for me and Bruiser to go have uh, breakfast with them at a, at the little restaurant next door That's and stuff. Cool. So yeah, great guys. I mean, yeah. um, but it's, I mean, just you get these weird things in wrestling. And I think I, I mean, I made the joke before where I think we were brought up to no sell people or just be quiet and leave them alone. And now I'm just, I'm secure enough in myself as a person and in wrestling to just be like, fuck it. I'm just going to talk to these guys. Like yeah. I'm, I'm just going to ask them about stuff. Like, and I'm sure they, they just love it and to pass on some of these stories. Yeah. I mean, well, the good thing too is like they're, so they're like agents there and stuff. So just, you know, and I actually, I actually said to, to them, I was like, Hey, can I grab your guy's phone number? Because I would love to, just open that line of communication and send just some stuff once in a while to help us out because the Rock and Roll Express has forgotten more about pro wrestling than I'll ever know. Right. So, uh, I mean, to have uh, – and, and f- you know, I was really bad at it, I think, in my younger days of, like, networking. So for any any young wrestlers out there, like, don't be afraid to talk to people. Don't be afraid to try to get phone numbers <laughs> and make connections. And, I mean, for me now, even being as much as I am, you know, 18 years at this point, but – to have a have the opportunity to pick the brain of one of the greatest tag teams of all time, and oh, here I am, by the way, in a tag team. Like, I mean, that's invaluable. Like, so it was a really great experience. I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about about what the NWA is doing, um, how they treated us, and made the, made everything. I mean, it was short notice, but they made everything so easy for us: the travel, the hotel, like everything, food at the building, like first class all the way. Uh, really appreciative of it and uh, made it super easy for us. And uh, They made it easy. You could have walked right over there, but you made it difficult for yourself. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we did. You know, the funny thing is the Uber driver was a little weird with us, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, that's why. We couldn't figure it out at first. We just kind of thought he was a dick. <laughs> he probably thought you were ribbing him. Then <laughs> yeah. you might have been the third or fourth uh, wrestler to <laughs> yeah. for that same trip. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like, I was just uh, talking to my wife about it, like, uh, sitting in bed, like, one guy that's on the podcast who's got flown down to Atlanta to do you know this hot internet show. Got another guy on the podcast that's going down to Florida to do something with you know the biggest company in the world. It's like really, I don't know. It it, it took me talking to her about it. And her going like, wow, I can't believe all your friends are doing all these amazing things. <laughs> For me to go like. Yeah, my friend's doing these amazing things. This is awesome. And she's like, and she's like, uh, I'm with the wrong guy here. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and you, this is your be- bedtime talk. Yeah, this is this is my pillow talk. <laughs> Talking about your friends doing amazing things, and you're in bed with your wife. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, why aren't you doing amazing things? <laughs> that happened afterwards. He wasn't in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to have a nice moment. You guys had to ruin it. <laughs> well, how would you know I'm doing good? things you don't even watch me <laughs> oh by the way i see you're you're going full todd i don't know if it's todd uh, smith or todd sinclair you got your wrestling t-shirt and i just know you have a wrestling hat on i do too. yeah ring, ring of honor hat you got to represent the brands you know <laughs> no I, I used to make fun of i, I still do make fun of uh, handsome whenever we see him because now i see him every picture handsome posts uh is handsome ivar excuse me to the oh. uh 
to the lay person. Yes. Um, <laughs> that, that I see him always in a WWE 2K20 jacket <laughs> now. I'm like, this fucking guy hasn't bought an article of clothing <laughs> in like a decade. Like everything he owns is, is New Japan, Ring of Honor, WWE, and Tap Out. Like he, maybe he bought a suit so like he could go to like uh, – you know, when he did that, <laughs> there's a picture of <laughs> adult Mark. We got to put put this on uh, on social media. That was about a month or two ago. <laughs> and there he is. Yeah, he only exclusively wears free clothing. But I get it now. I understand it now. Uh, you know, people give you T-shirts and hats and things like that. It's like, why am I going to buy yeah. shit of my own? Why am I going to go buy a new Red Sox hat or something when I get, I get a free Ring of Honor hat? <laughs> <laughs> I got to get down on that. Oh, get a job. Oh, you bum. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the way I could hey, get... Hey, you know, maybe I could make something happen for you, kid. Oh, thanks. <laughs> maybe you can do it through BrianMalonis.com, right? Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not giving you one of my t-shirts. Oh. I'm not coming off my bottom line. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> so BrianMalonis.com is where you can get all the official Brian Malonis t-shirts and uh, one of the bouncer shirts as well, right? Yeah, the uh, drinking bears that care, Mike. Yes, that's how we not avoid confused, copyright infringement. Not to be confused adults. with Care Bears. They are not. They are no, not no. Care Bears in any way, shape, or form. These are drinking bears that care. Yes, so. and uh, and your other uh, designs. And there's more coming. You, I, I heard months ago, but nothing yet. Nothing yet. No, 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 no. I didn't want to. Uh, I just. I mean, we just put that one up. Well, the beer one is now over on the Ring of Honor site, but the Ring of Honors has that one. There was a couple other new T-shirts. So I feel like I've. I feel like the market is like too flooded with Brian Malona slash bouncer stuff. So I don't want to. It's timing, Mike. So I'm thinking maybe around like WrestleMania, you know, weekend time. Uh, Excuse me, Supercard of Honor weekend. There you go. Uh, time. And I did see <laughs> you wearing uh, baseball jerseys for your NWA appearance in the photos that I saw. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, we wore those for Ring of Honor too. So yeah, those are uh, uh, those are going to be something that uh, we may take a pre-order on. Not may. We are going to take a pre-order on a little bit closer to baseball season though, and uh. and maybe some uh, maybe some caps coming with it. There Just so happens to be right around. Uh Super Card of Honor weekend. There you go. Ah, there you go. Well done. New merch dropping all the time, baby. Well done, my friend. Mike, do you know the significance oh. of the numbers on the jersey? I do. I, I knew it when I, when, I, when I saw it. Yeah, 15 and 17. Yes. His is 15, yours is 17. Yes. That was the, the year of your debuts for Ring of Honor. All right. Look at yes. that. Did I tell you that? or No, I, when I saw it, I, <laughs> oh. I thought for a second, it's like, that's probably what it, what it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So there you go. Number 17. And uh, how about you go to our website... The WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. There's nudes up there of us, adult. I, uh, I'm the one who took the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate it, adult. <laughs> Thank you for that. It's not wide angle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can also go there. Besides the news, you can go there to listen to the podcast, find ways to subscribe, all the various podcast platforms, including Spotify. And there are the social media links. We're basically at the WPAN on all social media platforms. We're hoping to get that picture up of uh, Todd wearing... WWE merchandise. <laughs> I mean, any picture really is Todd wearing WWE merchandise. Ivar, excuse me. Also, there are other photos on the website, not just nudes and uh, bios of myself, of Brian Malonis, not Brian Fury. So, uh, plenty of stuff going on there at the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. And, guys, the wrestling magazines. I know this was how I was introduced to wrestling outside of WWE. Of course, we're from the Northeast, so WWF was all over our televisions growing up. So I know this is how I was first introduced to other 
kinds of wrestling. Adult Mark, who is something of a wrestling magazine. If you're not an expert, you're a hoarder of wrestling <laughs> magazines. I still have every one. Yes, and uh, you have a spreadsheet in front of you that lists them all. I, I did it up real quick. <laughs> off, the top, off the top of my head, here's what I still have. Uh, carded and boarded and, uh, and secure boxes. That's well, how, nice. how are you going to know what you have if you don't, if you don't properly inventory it? Uh, that's, yeah, that's what I'm dealing it, with. It actually, is a story why I actually spreadsheet everything. Back in like junior high school when people used to borrow cassettes, I never got them back. So since then, I've always done it. Since then, you never go to back, but now <laughs> no, you have documentation. There was Excel spreadsheets back in 1982, but I used to keep <laughs> sheets. So it was almost like if they took a library book out, I knew who had it. Meticulous records. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I probably could have used something like that for... I, I have two wrestling masks that I purchased uh, when I was helping with booking for Chaotic Wrestling. And there was an angle with... Um, oh, David Dunn. Remember David Dunn? Oh, yes. yes. And Scotty Slade. And they switch places, and they are both wearing masks. I bought both masks and didn't get either one of them back. You didn't get reimbursed from Catholic Wrestling? No, I bought them on my own. Oh, I'm so shocked that Catholic Wrestling didn't reimburse you for those. <laughs> hey, I mean, Del, can you cut this man a check? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, get, I still get the same checkbook that I used to use. <laughs> I'm sure the account's still open. And good. Uh, <laughs> Just as much money in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to wrestling magazines. Adult, how did you get first introduced to magazines? So I became a wrestling fan like it was like late 1976 is when I first started watching wrestling. And then in like 1977, my brother and I finally convinced my dad to take us to the Boston Garden and got a program. And those programs just wasn't a one or two page thing. I think it was the Rings Wrestling, Norm Kaiser magazines, James Melby. And in there with was a card with all the matches yeah. on it. Plus, it was a wrestling magazine. And that that's how I first found out, like, wow, there's wrestling in other parts. Yeah. And then, then in there, it had more information about their other magazines. And then after that, when I found out, wow, there's wrestling magazines like Baseball Digest and Sports Illustrated and all the other books I used to read, I actually looked for them the next time I was in like Demoulos or what's Market Basket now in their little magazine section and found like uh, Inside Wrestling and the Wrestler. And since then, I would just, as a kid, ride down my on my bike and that first Tuesday of the month or whatever the heck it was and get the magazines. You were a WWF guy. You're in the Northeast like us. Yep. Were you introduced to NWA and territories through the magazines originally? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's a, magazines are the first uh, time I uh, heard of people like Ric Flair or Jimmy Snooker, Paul Ondorf when they were the tag champs in Mid-Atlantic and guys like that, Junkhead Dog when he was in the Mid-South and countries, Canada and Japan. And yeah, exactly. A lot of the guys I heard for the first time. Is that uh, through the magazine? Like, how does that cat? I mean, it's, cause it's so different. Like you know, even when you know we grew up and got into wrestling, you could you could get you know NWA slash WCW up here. So you you at least uh, you know if you're a big wrestling fan, you're probably acutely aware of those two products. But you know, back in the day, you're talking about it was just the probably just the WWF That's the product on there. Like how does yeah. that? How are these guys like capturing your imagination when you're just seeing like pictures or reading articles? A lot of them uh, in like uh, what. The Stanley Weston magazines, uh, which a lot of people call the Aptomags, they were known for their bloody covers. So a lot of times the covers w would get you. And then a lot of the stories, I mean, 90% of them were kayfabe made up. You know, as long as they went with like storylines, 
So you're yeah, you know, you're a kid, you're reading these stories, and you're just like kinda like dying to see these guys, but you can't see any video of them. No. But I think some of them would like come into WWF where you're like, did this ever like cause any confusion if they were because I think I think of in the example, Mike Mills will love this example, the sheep herders bushwhackers sort oh, of right. they thing. But if they came in like as a different person or a different character, a different gimmick, was that like confusing or is there, is there any of those? It, that, like, it wasn't stick because out? actually back then they pretty much kept their names no matter what territory they were in. I mean, it was rare at that time if they actually changed a team name or, or what have you. And a lot of times they didn't have a team name back then. But my brother, who's only two years younger than me, we had that wrestling bond and you know, maybe wake him up on a Saturday morning and say, hey, this guy we've been reading about is on WWF TV right now. You know, we, we would hear about it on TV when they would at the end say, next week, you know, debuting, you know, Cowboy Bob Orton or Magnificent Morocco, who's one of my early favorites. So that Don Morocco figurette that just came out. Um, I know yes. we're talking magazines, but <laughs> yes, I actually have saved out the two Lego one. Yes, I did this Survivor Series one. Yes, yeah. I got a spreadsheet for my uh, action figures too. They're, they're not dolls; they're we, action. Figures. We should have had him come on for the action figure uh, <laughs> episode. Sean did a good job on that. Brian, when were you first introduced to wrestling magazines? Was it something that you sought out or just happened to see? I think as little like my I remember um, I don't know if it was my my parents or like maybe my aunt was kind of really the one that really got me into wrestling. Um, you know my aunt, my aunt Red <laughs> we call her Aunt Red. I think you guys have both met her, but she uh, and she's still a great supporter of my career today. Um, and she went to New York, New York and and uh, she loves it. And uh, but she was a big wrestling fan. And I and I, wanna, I don't know if it was her or if it was my parents. That would buy me the, the WWF magazines. So I think I was introduced to the WWF magazines before I was introduced to you know Pro Wrestling Illustrated and and things like that. Like yep. I think I I had the old WWF magazines. I I want to say when I was little. I had like a subscription <laughs> to it, right. uh, and then I'd gone to these are I'm trying to think now what years these were. These are probably the late eighties, I would say. Like I remember seeing like the Rockers before like they officially debuted on TV, and seeing Owen Hart before he even did the Blue Blazer. So whatever years those were, ST the first wrestler I ever met was SD Jones. But but I used to get programs at those shows, so I was very much enthralled with the WWE product. And I would say probably once I got into more like later elementary school, junior high is when I when you know when I when I would get like an allowance and things like that. Or like I could go actually seek out the magazines myself, and then oh, okay, here's these other magazines. I like I knew about WCW or, or like NWA and then AWA and things like that. But I guess I never still even realized about the Indies from the, those magazines. But my my introduction to the magazines was absolutely WWF magazine. Yeah, I think the same with me because on the TV show they'd have like from the pages of the WWF magazine. Here's update, and you know they plug the magazine. Sean Mooney. Maybe, maybe Sean Mooney or, or Mean Gene <laughs> or Craig DeGeorge even. But uh, yeah, so that's where I first heard that there were wrestling magazines. And then yeah, you go to the stand and you see WF Magazine, but you also see Pro Wrestling Illustrated, The Wrestler, Inside Wrestling, and some of like, the more obscure that's ones too. That's a whole different time too. That's a whole other story when WWF came out with their magazines. That's when they banned pretty much all the... The photographers? The magazine. Yeah, they didn't let them interview them or take pictures. They, they would have to sneak in and... You know, like a hoagie sandwich, and <laughs> you know, with the camera and down their pants, and something in a, in a, in a sub roll or whatever. You see, like Bill After, like on on like ringside at, at different up like until probably like nineteen eighty three or eighty four. Yeah, yeah, at the Garden and uh, George Napolitano is always down there. But yeah, Bill Apter, I mean, the, the Apter mags, quote unquote. <laughs> um, uh, of course, it's, it's the, as you mentioned, adult, the Stanley Weston, 
uh, Family of Magazines. He was the the owner. The owner of the like uh, uh, boxing magazines and yeah, and, and I have it right here. In 1953, he started the Boxing and Wrestling magazine. Right. And uh, that was his first venture into wrestling. He had done boxing stuff before that. And then Wrestling Review. I think it was like 1959 was the first magazine. I have it right here. You see that, Brian Malonis? Uh, 1959, then Wrestling the, Review. Then the, the wrestle was 1966. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so one thing we have, we should, we should preface a lot of this before, before we uh, even really got into recording with Adult is that Adult is unbelievable with like wrestling dates and, and, mem- mem- like, and just knowing this stuff. He's... Uh, <laughs> Adal, what day did Magnus Morocco win the Intercontinental Championship? Oh, come on, that's a different episode. It's a different episode. You got to put me on the spot for that. <laughs> what, what you, it, might, it might have been. I always get that. It could have been like April twenty seventh, nineteen eighty one. Could have been something like that. Tweet us. Look it up, folks. <laughs> what, what, what did you think the password to your Wi-Fi was? <laughs> oh, uh, Flair Flair nine one seven eight one. He happened to win his first world title on September seventeenth. Mike Mills will appreciate that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> does he so, listen to these? Mike Mills does. Yeah. If he know if he listens. Oh yeah, to Mike, Mike Mills is a friend at... of the show. As a matter of fact, we have an outstanding offer on the table to join the BTT Nation and be on the. But Mike is. But I heard he up. brushed it off pretty quick. He's holding it up. Yeah. He bought the intellectual properties to the name W. P-A-N, and uh, you know me and Fury are a go, and and Crockett's being the stick in the mud. <coughs> I don't know. I heard about it. Yeah, I know you heard about it. Yeah. Mike uh, Mills is still trying to get the junkyard dog in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. Meltzer just called the junk food dog, right? Yes, yeah, they do. Yeah, when he got bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the and the anabolic warrior. <laughs> All right, clever. <laughs> that's a, that's another thing for magazines. You can go down that route. Come the late eighties, early nineties with the. The dirt the, sheets. The dirt sheets. Mike's favorite. <laughs> yeah, the dirt sheets. Those, those came a little later on. But uh, Wrestling Review, you have a bunch of those wrestling reviews, don't you, adult? I do. I do. Uh, <laughs> I got some old ones, too. I actually, you don't have anything from 1959. Well, when I first discovered magazines, I would. Uh, they always had in uh, the back of the magazines, you know, buy the back orders for like a dollar, two dollars yeah. maybe. And when I get like 10 bucks, I would have my mom write out the check because I was 12 and have a check <laughs> checking account. And my mom, I saved up 12 bucks from mowing lawns and doing newspapers. And she probably knew I wasn't going to be fiscal with my money when I was spending all my money on this back then. But um, so Of course, you just, grew up, though, and that's yeah, changed. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't collect any of that anymore. But she, I would just get a bunch of back orders, and my brother would get upset because I wouldn't let him read them unless he would have to read them a certain way. You couldn't, you, you could, you could not read the magazine. Holding it because it leaves smudge marks on it. He would have to he would have to spread it out and, and read it like this because I don't want any smudge marks on it. How do you turn the page? Huh? How do you turn the page? Uh, with your fingers. What about the, the, what if he went to like you know a lot of people like to lick their finger? No, no, yeah. no, no. I would. Yeah, you're still, vehemently against that. Still one of my uh, memories of uh, being in junior high school. A kid looked at my magazine and drew. On the monk, who who uh, this guy wrestled in like St. Louis, he was balding. He drew fake hair on him. I had to, I'm still looking. If you look on my <laughs> spreadsheet, magazine, <laughs> there, there is still says writing on this from 1982 or whatever. I'm still trying to replace that one. Jim Cornette couldn't hook you up on that one. No, no. Damn it. No, I, I still got I got about a hundred of his old magazines though because I knew his would be pristine. Yes, yeah, you've done <laughs> done plenty of business buying magazines from Jim Cornette. Correct? Yes, I get a wing in uh, Cornette Castle. <laughs> 
So it's going to make it an inappropriate joke, but I'll just say <laughs> <laughs> you know we we, ta- we talked about uh, you know just not going to say anything about anybody anymore because I don't know who I'm going to run into out there these days, Mike. <laughs> yes, so it's going to be a very uh, squeaky clean. Yes, uh, I love everybody. Yes, <laughs> happy go lucky podcast here, wrestling podcast. About but you, you had mentioned earlier how, and it is true, wrestling magazines were the cable TV before cable TV. That's how a lot of people learned about. Yeah, the wrestlers and lots of free advertising, and I mean, some of the territories like the Pacific Northwest and Memphis didn't get the love as some of the others, but so I'm sure some of that's because they were they were right there in New York City proximity. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of them were right there in New York City and and so forth. But I mean, even in 2020, like like the Pacific Northwest isn't like the easiest place to get to from like the Northeast. So 1970 was when uh, Stanley Weston. Became editor, <laughs> made a hire, <laughs> and William After came on board. <laughs> Bill After joined the family, and uh, yeah, he became basically the face of the Stanley Weston magazines, which led to them being called the After Mags. People just thought he was in charge because he was the one when he was the face of the when PWI was too. involved in anything on TV or anything like that. It was his face that was out there promoting Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Well, let's talk about sports review wrestling or sports wrestling review. Which is actually my least favorite of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the wrestler inside wrestling and sports review wrestling. Really? Yeah. That's your least favorite? Maybe because I couldn't find it as much as the other ones. I don't think I've ever even heard of this one. Do you like apartment wrestling? <laughs> you, know you, would, a, you would love these magazines. Do you know about apartment wrestling? Oh, I remember the advertisements in these magazines. I'm assuming Adult also has cataloged here uh, all his uh, VHS tapes of apartment wrestling that he ordered. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> they're not on VHS, Brian. <laughs> Microfilm. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I, I do. <laughs> I do remember the, I do remember the advertisements for the you know, the two advertisements I really remember were the. Um, um, the apartment wrestling, and then there was just some, some sort of like fantasy wrestling. Oh yeah, the IWA oh, super, sort super, of superstars thing. wrestling federation. I, I still have that. Uh, it was like a Stratomatic type baseball game that you can play. I don't even know how the hell that works with pro wrestling, but and I think they have some of those games now. Was a Phil Singer? What's a, what oh yeah, I'm part of that. Yeah, yeah I think that's kind of like oh, is that a, what it is? The, kind of like a board game that you could run a federation. Type you don't of. collect those? If you do, I do I'll, not. I give you a free card of mine. Yeah, then I would have to go probably. By the rest of them? Well, yeah. That's how I got <laughs> so it. So, so if I gave you one free one, you'd have to go buy the whole collection? Todd Sinclair is why I, had, I started my wrestling action figure collection, because he used to have them all on his table at home. He probably still does. I think I, sold, I, think, I, think <laughs> I sold covered you in some. dust. I think I sold you some uh, some wrestling figures. I think I sold you classic superstars, one and two. Yes, you did, yeah. actually, yeah. You hung on to I those. had none, and within a year, I had like 300. <laughs> 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 Who needs to put extra money on your house? So apartment wrestling is, yeah, I mean, this even went beyond advertising tapes. A lot, a lot of indie wrestlers do these days. <laughs> well, a lot of the but advertising. Yeah, a lot of the advertising in the magazines back then were very, like, low, I mean, you know, bottom of the barrel type. If you yeah. want to say that, they were, like, in the 70s, they had blow-up dolls and <laughs> k- k- karate instructions. Oh, anybody, or, any, anyone that Mike would know? The, the, the Atlas uh, the Atlas, body, Charles Atlas. You know, Charles Atlas stuff. Because I think, X-ray specs. Yeah. I mean, like magazines, a regular Sports Illustrated, I mean, most of their money was through advertising. Right. Cigarette ads. Where they would almost give away the magazine for free to get your subscription up and get more on uh, advertising. Oh, yeah, I remember the old promotions for Sports Illustrated, like 59 cents an issue or something like that. Yeah, because the more subscribers you have, the more you can charge for advertising, right? 
but sports review wrestling even like they made articles out of the apartment wrestling and they had these photos that were, were taken and boom. Th- they would write a, like a whole storyline around yeah. these photos like this woman is a out of work actress and this other woman is a a secretary working hard for her money and this is what happened they they came together and then this one didn't like what the other one was doing and <laughs> did, they did. wrote a whole thing about young, it young mike crockett reading this <laughs> pants around his ankles <laughs> actually dan shockett who is a uh, like yes. a, a heel writer for pro wrestling illustrated w- w- would write a lot of those yes who actually worked for a uh uh, like a hustler type magazine. Screw, <laughs> screw yes. magazine. He used, to, he, he used to review all the uh, tapes. He used yeah. to give reviews of the movies. It was a magazine called Screw. <laughs> yeah, what was the guy's name? Uh, it's, it's not Larry Flint. It's someone else. Al Goldstein or oh, something. God. I think. Yes, the I name. think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. What about Cherry? <laughs> no, he, no, he not- didn't get he didn't get that high in the uh, <laughs> no, food no. chain. He was all the way down at Screw. You got to be on top for the Cherry. <laughs> But yeah, I'm pretty sure Dan Shockett wrote a lot of those articles. I believe, yes. I think I, I saw something online. That I said actually, that as well. <laughs> you're not going to sound like a pervert. If I tell you that I actually get the Theo, I forget his last name, Toro or something like that, where, where they get all the apartment wrestling magazine, uh, the pictures. So I mean, it's more than just the apartment uh, wrestling pictures, but he used to like take those pictures you know, with the woman and it's a very good book. Really? Yeah. I'll show it to you after. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll snap a couple photos. <laughs> but Pro Wrestling Illustrated, uh, the centerpiece, basically, of the Stanley Weston right. family, I mean, that's that's the one that everybody knows and loves, right? Uh, Brian, of course, they started the PWI 500 in 1991, so we're really, we're really uh, jumping ahead here. In 1991, they started the PWI 500, and that and like the annual year-end award edition were kind of the two... Right. Big issues of the year for that, PWI. That was one of my favorites because those used to be like a, in The Wrestler. And then when Pro Wrestling Illustrated came around in September 1979. I don't even have that on here. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, going to take the, your word for it. Well, that was the first issue. I'm not sure if that's when it, the, the, the dates were always off. Right. But uh, then, then there were uh, the year-end awards were always featured yeah, it was on. Like, it was like there were like monthly magazines, and I feel like you'd be buying like the, you, the, you, the October issue in like June. They were always like <laughs> two, three months behind on the news because the first thing I would always look at when I would get my magazines, I would get the magazines before I even rode my bike back home. The first thing I always would look at was the rankings. The rankings, to, yeah, to, to see who the new champions were. Yeah, you know, I would look at the Florida and Mid South or Memphis. Which I wonder if we've made Mid-Southern. the rankings. I haven't looked at these magazines in a long time. I wonder if the bouncers have made the tag team rankings uh, recently. Guessing not. What are you talking about? We're on, you know we win a lot of matches. Well, you know, and there's only ten spots, and there's a lot of promotions. So I, I think outside of the ROH tag well, who's team gonna champions, be ahead of, who's, who's going to be ahead of us? The Viking Raiders. The ROH tag team champions. There'll probably be one representative from ROH in the top ten. Why would it be one you? It's because there's be, only 10 spots yeah, in the, the top, in the world. Should be the top 10 teams in wrestling. I feel like the bouncers are one of the top 10 teams in professional wrestling. Win, win the NWA World Tag Titles and you get a there point. There you go. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. You know? Huh. And you get an argument, right? Huh. And yeah, you do get a title shot. Maybe, do you get a title shot upcoming on the show? I guess what we have to pay attention. Mean? It hasn't happened yet, Mike. On the, in the NWA? When we'll, yeah, it hasn't happened yet. I guess we'll, I guess we'll pay attention and see yeah, what happens. you got to stay tuned. I mean, why would you be in the NWA if not to get a title shot, right? Well, I mean, eventually, yeah, we'd like to get a title shot. Of course, who wouldn't want a shot at the uh, the NWA World Tag Team Championships? That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. 
I mean, well, I was trained by a former NWA World Tag Team Champion, Mike. That is true. I mean, I feel Duke like Stalin. I feel I feel like if I went there and didn't pursue that championship, it'd be a slap in the face to his teachings. I'm sure you evoked his name when you <laughs> spoke in promos. That's how I got the booking. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with Dukes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's the PWI. Hey, hold on, you know what it's like, Mike? You ever, you ever when uh, when Jerry goes to uh, Tim Watley's party, he's going dentist. <laughs> you're the, you're that's what I was doing. Dalton. You know Duke Dalton. <laughs> you're an instigator, aren't you? <laughs> Who invited you here? <laughs> Inside Wrestling, Adult Mark. Yes, was uh, another magazine that was in the family. The wrestler came first, obviously, yep. and but the wrestler and Inside Wrestling were kind of uh, very similar, and actually, eventually, in the end, they were combined into one magazine. Right, but. Uh, uh, Inside Wrestling, was that the one that had introducing the column, introducing, or was that in The Wrestler? Uh, I think introducing was in The Wrestler. Okay. Because yep. I, I remember one time uh, it was introducing terrorizing. Ooh. Yeah. And I uh, I gave the magazine to the man himself. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to pay me. I said, no, it's, it's okay. It's free. Because <laughs> he couldn't find the magazine. I had one. So I brought it to Kilikowski School and gave it to him. Uh, okay. Isn't that cool? Hobnobbing with... Uh... <laughs> Paul, what did, Paul? Does he remember that? If you saw him, I'm the guy that gave you that magazine. Maybe. <laughs> Another Simon reference. You lost a lot of hair. <laughs> 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 I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious! <laughs> so let's talk about the WWF magazine. We talked about how you and me, Brian Malonis, you piece of garbage, <laughs> we're uh, fans of the WWF magazine. That's how we're introduced to everything. Uh, the WWF magazine uh, started as Victory Magazine. Yeah, with Sergeant Slaughter on the cover. And that was in 19... Oh, did Sergeant Slaughter invent wrestling magazines as well? Part he of did. it, yes. He gave uh, Vince the idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> 83 adult, not 84. 83? Yes. Yeah. There was only a few issues before Victory Magazine just became WWF Magazine. They even had a, a segment on the TV show Victory Corner, which I don't think lasted too long. Oh, really? Was that before, the one before with Piper's Pit and, and was that the one with uh, what's his face? They had like the editor on there of the magazine. Oh, really? But it actually was yeah. Then it became uh, Rogers Corner, and then yes, Buddy Rogers. Um, the WF magazine went on for a while, and then in 1996, they introduced the Raw magazine, Brian Malonis, and that brought Vic Venom Vic into the world, <laughs> bro. <laughs> I used to love reading Vic Venom, though. <laughs> yeah, you did the, the, with the different uh, fonts and looked yeah. like it was written by a crazy person, which I guess <laughs> yeah, it was. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Vic Venom. Mike, you you glossed right over. I think one of my favorite parts of WWF magazine. What's that? The uh, merchandise advertising. Oh, yes, the... I loved it, and I would just like like a kid with like a Christmas, like you know, like the when you get the toy book. I remember like the old like uh, Toys R Us and the old I think I may Sears, have one of those up there. Sears made of used to come out with like a toy book I think or yep. one of those companies Sears and catalog like, yeah I uh, used to do the same thing with the wrestling magazines except for uh, you I never, see a uh, young Stephanie McMahon and uh, Shane yeah uh, I'm sure I did I don't remember the only thing I can remember getting uh, that magazine I think my parents would order me was the old foam fingers WWF title no the the WWF title that. My dad had to super glue the the goddamn plastic piece onto it like every week. <laughs> Cheap piece of junk. <laughs> what a piece of junk! <laughs> really, so really it wasn't was. the foam fingers that say "You rule, you suck." No, no, <laughs> no. But I'm trying to get Ring of Honor to produce foam beer mugs for the bouncers. So. Oh, that'd be something. 
So yeah, the, those uh, catalogs were great. I was always uh, flip through those. Oh, because you would just like dream of like. But it's fun to look back at them now because you're like, this freaking guy had a t-shirt. You know, it was like somebody like King Kong Bundy had a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Five. Yeah, yeah. For all for all these old timers, well, I was a heel. I didn't have any merchandise. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> if it sold, it was it was there. Yeah, why wouldn't you try to make money? Yep. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember a lot of. It's just it's be so much random shit. Like they would. Painters caps and like, yeah. just like all these weird yeah. teddy bears and just the, the Ultimate Warrior teddy bear, the, fo- yeah. the foam two by four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of weird shit like that where it's like and now now WD. I don't know if they did it so much back then, but now you know now the way they produce it is like they produce like a tracksuit of. Uh, yeah, I, I literally remember seeing a tracksuit, like a New Day tracksuit, in like a recent catalog, and I said, "Who the hell would ever buy like a tracksuit?" And then I saw kid wear. <laughs> I, I, I went to a wrestling school to do like a seminar. Kid was in full WWE yeah. New Day <laughs> tracksuit, and I was like, "Oh, you're the answer to my question of who buys this shit." Uh, the thing that they seem to be selling a lot of now is anytime they go backstage for NXT or whatever, whoever's back there has as a banner of them. You see, like Donovan Dijakovic, and he has a banner or whatever. You know, whoever is warming up or whatever, they always have their own. Banner back there. I haven't seen those. Yeah. But I, I love I love the old. Well, though. you don't watch your product. <laughs> <laughs> I love the old the merchandise catalog advertisements yeah. and stuff because I, I mean, as a kid, I wanted everything, so I didn't get any of it. You can get it now. I could. Yeah, I'm a gamefully employed adult. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2004, after the brand split, they actually split the magazine. They had the Raw magazine, and then WWE became SmackDown magazine. Do you remember this part? I don't even remember this point, but there was a no, Raw magazine and a SmackDown magazine. I was magazine. way out of magazines by this point. Yeah, 1992, if you uh, look at the spreadsheet here. Oh, excuse me. 92 is when I started after the magazines. Uh, that's when I started getting uh, the Wrestling Observer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we glossed right over. Are we, are we not going to go back to the uh, we PWI skipped the 80s. 500? We're, we went from 79 to uh, 95. We've got to talk about the PWI 500, mainly because I've been in it a number of times. But oh, Jesus For the year-end awards. <laughs> I was a big fan. The PWI 500 uh, like, became my favorite issue every single year, and it was how like I came to... You know, that's when like so. About the time I started getting into like the PWI and stuff was about the time my buddy had gotten into to start training for pro wrestling. So that's when I started to become aware of the indies and things like that. So it's funny, I actually, I actually told him this recently uh, when I met him as a I, I'd met Knuckles Nelson, guy named Knuckles Nelson, before when I was going to see my buddy wrestle, but never really. Ever, I was a kid. I never really, you know, kid like a teenager. Um, but when I actually met Knuckles as a grown up recently at a show, I told him I was like I. I said, this is kind of a funny story because he had told me he was a big fan of my work and stuff that he'd seen me wrestle and stuff, and which was cool because I said, well, I went to an indie show and I was psyched to meet you when I was like 15 years old because you were in the PWI 500, like, and then you were on the show. Like, so for me, like, I was like, oh my God, this guy was in the PWI 500. And as a kid, you're really thinking like, these are the 500 best wrestlers in the world. Like, you're like, it's really a big deal when you're a kid and and you're reading that magazine. So, and now now I think it's become like an in vogue thing for uh, some fans. And then really it's the guys that get like left out of the PWI 500. Well, I'm not going to, you know, it's not a real ranking. Of course it's not a real ranking. But for me, who grew up reading that magazine and literally annually look forward to that, to be in it, even like, yeah, that's so cool. Like, it's so, I mean, I, I looked forward to that issue every single year. PWI still has, you know, I think maybe what, for three, four times a year they put out a magazine. Is that, I mean, I know they still do the, the 500 yeah, that's and the year-end yeah. year awards and stuff. Yep. But they, uh, 
Um, they have their rankings on there for top 10. I, yeah. I see, I haven't bought one in a while, but if I see it at like a CVS, I'll, I'll skim through it. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've been definitely out of the out of the magazines for, for quite some time now. The magazine business in general is just all across the board is is dying down significantly. I mean, you think about how important like something Sports Illustrated was. Sports Illustrated is such an afterthought in the sports world now. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, the wrestler and inside wrestling they combined into one. Then they both ceased publication in 2013. I mean, the WWF magazine we we're talking about it went to a new format, which was more like almost Maxim kind of thing. You know, Maxim died out, and then I remember Raw magazine used to have some Maxim like. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a Trish Stratus one. I thumbed through a time or a hundred. You know? with, a, with a thumb and we're on other parts of your body, right? <laughs> well, hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> so the, the WWE magazine eventually ended in 2014. So really around that long? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was around for a while. Because I mean, now it's. I mean, just think about the. I mean, maybe there's a nostalgia kind of feel to it, but I mean, it was. I'll think about how old news, like the, the articles were. 30 years ago when these things came out and they were always behind. Right. Now think of it in 2020 when yeah, you can just consume everything. Totally different world too because when I used to read them, they treated them like it was Sports Illustrated, you know, yeah. even the, but, but along the kayfabe storylines and yeah. stuff. So, I mean, that's what I used to like it because it was like the comic book for wrestling. You know, you, you knew, you know, the comic book guy wasn't real, but, you know, the, the wrestling took you to like a little fantasy world, you know? Well, it helped like to like get characters over. Exactly. Like, so if you exactly. were unfamiliar with a guy, like, and say, you know, you were a fan in the Northeast and, and, and you've been reading about this guy in the magazines and you're familiar with this character, then all of a sudden he comes in, like, you're already familiar they're, with They're this already put, put over because yeah. they've seen him on the magazines. But then come the 90s, like, when you mentioned the Vic Venom, it became a more realist realism yeah. type of thing and you know a little different yeah i guess nowadays in peter they don't really talk about they don't put over like storylines no, they just talk about business and ratings yeah. and rankings yeah stuff like that so do you think vic venom was now thinking about an adult mentioned the like the dirt sheets because i think that really is probably the next iteration of or a takeoff of, of pro wrestling magazines is the dirt sheets but like was Vic Venom like? Was that like the WWE's answer to try to like counter the dirt sheets? Because I always remember like like Might rumors been, yeah. in there and stuff like that. I think yeah. I mean, Vic Venom. I think was a newsletter guy. Vince Russo. He's a newsletter guy, and I think yeah, they were trying to infuse more realistic stuff. More yeah, like you said, news and rumors right. into there, and then, then they had the live wire show on Saturday mornings. Yeah. Which, you know, caller, callers would call in. It was actually live. And they would ask about WCW and stuff right. like that, which never really happened on WWF TV. Yep. Yeah, they definitely were trying to kind of counteract that. I think you're correct on that. Even going back to Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and we're talking about how far, you know, you get the September magazine and it's three months behind. They eventually, they, they even, and I, I still have these two, that they started doing a PWI weekly. Yes. It was like... Maybe four pages, eight pages, but it would have results, a cover story, ratings, you know. Yeah, they did it like the newsletter style. But they didn't go the Wrestling Observer way with talking about real life type thing. They still stayed within storyline. So, but it was their way of getting that out quicker than the three months. I think we'd be remiss, adult, if we didn't talk about some of like the more independent wrestling magazines do you have like a favorite magazine that wasn't like a stanley west magazine wasn't uh, the, rings, west? The, the rings magazines the rings magazines yeah, those were the ones uh that you would buy at the boston garden or thing like that but uh the Re- wrestling review you mentioned that i always liked that those were a little more but that was stanley western right it, it, it they were at first yeah 
Like, what about like new wave wrestling? You remember like yeah, that one? no wrestling eye. <laughs> wrestling eye. I wasn't a fan. Though those uh, actually, I remember as a kid, those came across as me as like cheap. Wrestling's main event actually was a good one. And it's Bob. That, that one is George uh, Napolitano. Napolitano. Yeah, George Napolitano. And that was actually a good. I really liked that one because they had a lot of. Uh, color pictures more than a lot of them where like pw just had like the color you know center yeah uh, fold, fold or whatever you want to call it but wrestling's main event was uh one of the first ones where it, a lot of it became a lot of color i think that came out like in june of 82 was did bill after maybe i'm completely misremembering this but i feel like there was like a i remember it, like the, the, it was a full color a little bit bigger than the standard wrestling magazines, and I thought it was a Bill After magazine, but it came out maybe in like the late nineties. Because I specifically remember like Attitude Era, it might even been he early, was gone. Might have been the... like two thousand somewhere around there. Yes, in yeah, nineteen ninety nine, like... Bill After actually left PWI. He left the Stanley Weston mags. He went with this new magazine that was yeah, it was oversized. It was called Wow. Okay, <laughs> World of Wrestling. I think for, it was in for whatever reason, sticks in my head is I used to. Um, she was my girlfriend at the time, but my wife would take college courses at night, and then we only had one vehicle. I think we were actually borrowing her parents' vehicle, and I didn't want to. And I was living with them, so I didn't want to stay home with her parents. <laughs> so I would go, and and she would go to college at night night school, and um, I would go sit in the cafeteria reading. And I specifically remember reading this magazine that being. And that was probably about the time, that was right when I was getting out of wrestling magazines. It was uh, Wow Magazine. That was, that was the name of the magazine. It was around for just two years, but it was all full color. Like I said, it was an oversized. Which is actually bad marketing right there because uh, oversized magazines, if they don't fit in those uh, magazine display things, they're yeah. going to take them out. So if you think about it, it was probably bad marketing. That could have been one of the reasons why. Yeah. I mean, it, they had good photographs. I know they had a lot of... Uh, photographs of the of the women in there i mean that that was the time kind of what was going on with you know the <laughs> tylene buck tylene buck and uh <laughs> tammy sitch and all all francine all those another one of my favorite was it was it was a western magazine but talking about like more color they had like wrestling 83 and then 84 depending on obviously the year and that that was pretty much quarterly mm-hmm. but it was full it was full color and the first one was like uh fall of 83 and it had hulk hogan on it which has a thumbprint on it. I gotta find another one. <laughs> <laughs> There's also one that I think I remember being Wrestle America. Yes. Which is that where it started? They had like the guy doing independent wrestling. I think it started in that magazine, but then I think it, there became an almanac where it moved to there. But there was one wrestling magazine that had a guide to independent wrestling and you could see like all the independent promotions were listed, their their champions and like some backstory about the promotion. I think it started in Russell America. It might have been, okay. I'm and not, then I'm it, not sure on that one. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you could see NWA New England in there, Chaotic Wrestling. They were all represented in right. photos. Inside and Wrestling and the Wrestler, they would have like a roll call of champions. Yes, where you could see stuff like so, that. So well. that, that was, you know, at one point for me, the, the most you could see, like, oh, wow, look at all these other promotions, you know, ICW or IWCCW that it became. And, and then, then you would see these promotions that you wouldn't hear of, like, yeah. Uh, uh, in, in a small one in Georgia when you know the NWA was gone and and ECWA was always in there. Yes, yep, yep. It was it was always fun like to read the results and stuff like that too from uh, in these magazines because you'd kind of like guys would like drop off WWE TV and yep. you know where they were. Then all of a sudden you're see, reading results and like yep. like oh the honky tonk man oh that's where he is. You know? <laughs> He's doing a and match they, with Rick Rude for IWCCW. <laughs> and the, that was actually one of the columns in one of the magazines. Where are they now? And they would do a little thing or. Yeah. So yeah, and I mentioned earlier that rankings were always the first thing I would go to. Then I would go to like um, 
the recap, like what what's happening by Bill Lapter, and just to get all the news from all yeah. the. They were clearly working with the promotions because they they would drop hints of you know oh you know this guy's you know ha- has this confrontation with so and so and they would plant little seeds of all right this guy's turning heel or this guy's coming to you know WWF or what have you so I always felt I always felt like I was smart but I wasn't remember along with like the um with the with the rankings that have like the the like the most loved and most hated most popular most hated yeah I don't think they do that anymore they took that out. In shame. some of the earlier ones too, they had woman midgets, you know, <laughs> <laughs> little people, Lord Little Brook at number three, or little people. <laughs> yes, who's above Lord Little? Oh, Sky Low Low probably. Right? Sky Low Low, yeah, Little Beaver, yeah, ooh, or a lot of Beaver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, going back to apartment wrestling. Oh again. boy. <laughs> uh, so once uh, Wow folded, which was uh, I guess kind of a flop. Bill Apter ended up returning to the fold in 2008, so he took like some time off, and he kind of came back to PWI sporadically, just doing things here and there. But I think he started OneWrestling.com in the yes. in the interim, yep. so he had that going that, as well. That was Bob Ryder, wasn't it? OneWrestling.com. It was Bob Ryder, but I think after I think maybe after bought them, yeah. in, I think he sold it to Bill yeah, Apter. I know they worked together a lot. Yeah. So I mean, rest, the wrestling scene now. Fighting Spirit magazine, which is they in just, the UK, they just stopped, they just stopped yeah. last summer. Yeah. yeah, there's one actually. I did like a, I had like, I had like a two page spread picture and like a full article. I forget the name of it. See, is I, that I, Power I, Slam? No, I forget the name of the magazine. I have a bunch of them at home. I'll get you one adult. All right. <laughs> I personally think that I know I would probably buy one. Maybe if it was maybe a quarterly type thing, maybe focusing on history or whatever. Uh, one thing I've always I. I'm not sure if you'd be surprised, but I've actually written to suggest this. One of my favorite things about Sports Illustrated is that you could buy SI covers and get a frame. I got a, like a Larry Bird one upstairs. I think Pro Wrestling Illustrated for, for the old That's some fan. famous covers. Yeah. Oh, no. Just do a PWI covers where you just it's you know reprint that and for framing if, if somebody's uh, looking to uh, do something with their attic. There you go. Next time I run into Bill After, I'll, uh, I'll throw that idea at him for you, adult. These ideas are just all flown out there. <laughs> no, it's, I think that they could probably do something with that. Yeah, definitely. You know, for, for the old school fan like me. That would with their, in their attic? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nicely framed. You know, it's going to look, uh, you know, professional and nice, you know. It's going to prof- look professional before it goes in a tote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the joke is that uh, when I pass away, they're going to get uh, – one of those big garbage things and just throw all my action figures and magazines down and think into a dumpster. <laughs> so I went looking around to see what's left today in 2020 in wrestling magazines. I see there is one in Australia. There's one in Germany. There's one in Canada. There's actually two in Mexico. And in America, apparently well, yeah, it's just Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Right, yeah. So that's the scene we're looking at now for wrestling magazines. After what we've, uh, you know, we're, this is how a lot of us started our wrestling fandom or expanded our wrestling fandom, I should say, beyond our territory. And now it's like. I think the appetite, not just because, well, again, for magazine form, but even online, I think the appetite for what fans are looking for has changed. Because I don't even think like WWE or Ring of Honor, like they don't do like these really in depth articles anymore to build character yeah yeah. i mean like they'll do things like to push like an angle but they're more quick hitter blurb type things one or two paragraphs there is no more like these long form articles of and if there is one it's usually stuff that breaks kayfabe you know right like i said earlier that's the thing i really liked it was i mean i was one of those guys who didn't want to think it was fake because i always thought you know (laughs) it it would ruin my love for it you know like finding out 
you know, a certain figure on December 25th really doesn't come down the chimney. But but that was my, I, I used to love that. You know, it was like reading comic books. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think just what the wrestling fandom wants now, and I, I think blame the dirt sheets, is yeah. that's, that's the type of stuff people want to read now. They want to read the, what are these guys like in real life? What are, you know. What, it it yeah. is a totally different time. And I, I know you can't go back to that, but I think that could be if done right. I think, could you be could, I think you could too. I think it's just a matter of conditioning you know, the fans. I think it's a matter of, I think, you know, yeah, I, I think a it's little just, bit of both. It, there's a lot of catering to, I think, a very vocal minority in, of the pro wrestling fan. I think Twitter and other social media outlets are very, you know, they're very popular and, but people don't understand that that still represents a very vocal, like when people talk about uh, the Roman Reigns stuff and yeah. things like that, like, well, it's, it's a very vocal minority that that gets heard online and stuff like that. And for all the pissing and moaning about wrestling products, you still got all these other people who are still watching it. And so it's, yeah, I think I think the vocal minority is winning out these days. And wrestling magazines were a, a, a foot in the door for some you hear all these old wrestling managers, the Jim Cornettes, the Paul E. Dangerously, or Paul Heyman's. They start off as photographers. Joey Styles was a writer for PWI. Yeah, Eddie Gilbert took photos. You know, so you could look at some of the old mag- Richard, ma- magazines. Yeah. Too, right? yeah, I mean, you see a lot of those. That that's how they got their foot into the door of wrestling. So if they didn't exist back then, we may never have heard of a Jim Cornette or a Paul Heyman or or others. But it's not just a wrestling thing that their magazines are dying. I mean, across the board, magazines yeah. are a dying yeah. thing. Well, I'm saying just the, the, or... the desire for kayfabe stories. Because you can still do it online, but nobody really cares. About, it's like know. books, too. I mean, people, yeah, they they can have I, I mean, I, if, if it's a book, I still like to have the hardcover book right there for a collection. If it's a book that I like. Yeah, now people just do the Kindles yeah. or whatever they are. Yeah, so that's the state of wrestling magazines today. It's uh, kind of sad. Yeah, it's it's just about. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think about like my my son is four. He absolutely adores wrestling. He will never know anything of wrestling magazines, right. and you know, the, the collection. Like, I remember like my cousin passed his collection down to me at one point. Along you still with, have it? Uh, I don't. No, <laughs> no, um, I don't. I mean, they were beaten. They were, like much like me, my cousin was very rough on his wrestling. So a lot of them didn't have covers, and so when I moved out of my parents house and stuff those uh, i'll get thrown away yeah the people on ebay probably hate me when i uh if, if somebody puts a magazine out there and i say, oh i don't have this one and i always questions any writing any rip pages <laughs> you know and they're like oh, yeah I, I wrote i was going to be a oh pen pals uh, those are not thing. Oh, yeah. uh, they, they they had pen pals in there. You could be pen pals. That's a lot of people. Pro wrestlers. Oh yeah. Well, no, just with other fans. Oh. And they just have oh. a picture and like yeah, yeah. like yeah. Um, His Taz. Taz <laughs> was uh, famously one of the pen pals <laughs> in one of the magazines yeah. one time. Favorite wrestler, you know, Ric Flair, looking for wrestling fans about for Memphis information or something. <laughs> so that, well, he could have done like a dating service through. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of broad stuff. <laughs> not, not a lot of girls. Real no. sausage fest. <laughs> We're a different type of body slam. <laughs> so yeah, that's the state of uh, wrestling magazines today. And uh, I still have some magazines kind of uh, in drawers at my parents' house. I think there's a bunch of WWF magazines. What about those ones? Uh, yeah, I remember helping. Yeah, no, I remember helping you move, and you had different type of magazines in there too. <laughs> <laughs> Two or three, maybe. <laughs> I'll let you know, adult, the condition that they're in. That's hot times, daddy. <laughs> I mean, porn magazines probably have gone the same way as wrestling magazines, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, right? Just, uh, although, although I will say within the last uh, 
number of years before he was a married man. Uh, I did I did go with Tarzan Teller, and he purchased a dirty <laughs> magazine that came with a DVD. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be upset if he hears that. I'm a, sure it was a present for a poker game or something. No, like he that. just got his own apartment. It was his first time in his own apartment by himself. <laughs> True story. No furniture, but just him and the magazine. <laughs> Kicking it old school. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> we want your feedback. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take of this week's episode. Your thoughts and our discussion about wrestling magazines. Use the hashtag WP. Or call the voicemail line, Tarzan. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And before we go further on the podcast, let's talk about Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast with Mike Mills, Harper Harper, and Doc Turner. They do two podcasts a week, for now anyway. Sunday's the Smoky Mountain Show. That's kind of coming to a close. Yeah, what's he going to do next? I don't know. He wants to find uh, something to replace it, perhaps. Because oh, <laughs> of Mid-South one, too. That's, r- that's really table. good. <laughs> he has a Mid-South podcast? Yeah. I mean, it comes out sporadically, but you know. The Mid-South one? Yeah. No, it's pretty much weekly. You don't know which day of the week, though. <laughs> most weeks. Uh, so anyway, check out Book of the Territory and uh, all of Mike Mills' various ventures. MikeMills.Podbean.com is where you can find uh, the Book of the Territory feed. And then there's our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast with Lil Jamarada and Michael Quinn, more the northern flavor of old school wrestling. And check out OVPPodcast.com for everything you need to know about our Vantage Point. Greetings from Allentown with PW, Peter Winson. He dissects one episode of wrestling television, and uh, you're really going to enjoy hearing his take on wrestling from uh, all the different territories, WWF, WCW, everything in between on Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you're trying to catch up on your wrestling for the week, let these guys do it for you, the Rundown Wrestling Network, rundownwrestling.com for all the information and all the podcasts on the Rundown Wrestling Network. It is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, Brian Malonis, you are hitting the highways, byways, and airways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you've got dates. Yes, Mike. This Sunday afternoon, Baltimore, Maryland, UMBC Arena. Uh, there's probably no tickets left by the time uh, this episode drops, but it's Ring of Honor's free enterprise, which will stream on Honor Club uh, as well as uh, a free event to go to. You could have got free tickets to this, Mike. Is it free on Honor Club? Um, I don't know that. But no, no, but Dalt says no. He would know. No, it streams on Honor Club. you got to get an Honor Club subscription, you f- cheap prick. So it's not free enterprise. <laughs> well, it is. You, you could have free gotten... asterisk enterprise. No, you could have got a ticket to go to go see it. Well, free tickets. I mean, what, what is, is that a bad thing? This is part of the ROH Cares program. Give back to the great fans of Honor Nation. Uh, it's going to be a great afternoon of wrestling. So fun, a really fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a packed house at the UMBC arena. So I don't know what we're doing yet, but the bouncers will be there. The bouncers will be drinking beer. Uh, we'll be having a good time. Then, I'm not done yet. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the uh, end of the month, Friday night, February the 28th, 
Uh, Ring of Honor heads to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, the bouncers will be there as well. And then the 29th, we're heading to St. Louis, Missouri. Actually, it's like St. Charles, Missouri or something like that, but we'll call it St. Louis. Both of those uh, great events also streaming live on Honor Club, Mike. Uh, and then just a couple weeks after that, I'll be heading back to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. It's Ring of Honor's anniversary pay-per-view on Friday night, February the 13th. And then Ring of Honor past first present on Saturday night. March the 14th. What do you think of that one, huh? I did see a bunch of stuff going on there. Homicide's going to be there. He is. I saw Homicide this weekend was talking to him about it. I called him out on Twitter. I called Homicide and CM Punk out on Twitter. Neither one of them responded to me. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, you, you would love that, huh? CM Please. Punk versus Brian Malonis? We need that uh, What would that CM do Punk for the love. podcast, huh? <laughs> I know. Last Stop at Penn Station got some CM Punk love. Last Stop Penn Station, by the way. Yeah, check yes. out that podcast. It is out with uh, Ian Riccoboni, Carrie Silken. Great. Did you listen to the first episode? I did. Fantastic. Yes, very good. Can't recommend. recommend start putting in your plugs. We're going to plug that pod. That's a great podcast and great friends of the show. Two former guests. And the one that's just coming out uh, this past Friday is on the movie The Wrestler. So this yes. is I'm really looking forward to. Bobby Cruz, another former guest of this podcast, got a movie credit. Weaseled his way <laughs> onto the film, <laughs> as we, fi- we will find out in this podcast. So check out Last Stop Penn Station. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts and laststoppennstation.com is the website. Hey, and if you want to book Brian Malonis, you can uh, email Brian Malonis at comcast.net or EM or EM DM him on Twitter. Slide into those DMs, baby. At Brian Malonis. So, yeah, you do need some other bookings. Int- int- huh? Interesting offers considered. <laughs> oh, how many interesting <laughs> trades? Interesting trades, yes, yes. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, adult, it is the year 2010. This week's promo about nothing. And we're heading to TNA. Oh, boy. Total nonstop action wrestling. And there was a pay-per-view that they did in 2010 called Hardcore Justice. A bit of an ECW reunion pay-per-view. And uh, we have standing by, what's his name? Jeremy Borash. JB. JB. And SoCal Val interviewing... The former ECW tag team known as the Gangsters. Is this their first appearance on, uh, or do we use a Smoky Mountain promo from them? I don't think we. I think we reviewed the episode with that. I don't think we actually did a promo about nothing okay. about it. Okay. The promos were fantastic at Smoky Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> New Jack and Mustafa, the Gangsters, in 2010 for TNA. This week's promo about nothing. Hi there, JB. What's up, little buddy? You done grew all up and everything? Yeah. Remember you was back in South Philly at the show? Yeah. Been standing out in line, getting autographs, now you got your own little TV show? Yeah. 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 Let me see you, new job. What's up, little white girl? Hi. Hey, you like right? your scars. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah. You know what they say about black men, right? What? Once you go black, you get bad credit. Okay. I'll stay. I'll stick around. Why not? Hey. Sir? You can take this one. Don't do what you want to do with it, bro. Oh, okay. We're going to take her. Nice. Nice, sir. Now she okay. going. You know what that make you? Um, My bitch. Your bitch? My bitch. I'm your bitch? As of right now. My bitch. Uh, TNAWrestling.com. More videos. 
There's a promo. Uh, Mike? Yes. I'm uncomfortable. You're, uh, I'm taking, I'm playing, you're leaving? Playing the role of Mike Crockett. <laughs> it's, it's Brian Malonis right now, because you're usually the one that is extremely uncomfortable with all things. Yes. And right now, quite uncomfortable. Yeah, because they, they didn't treat SoCal Val really nicely. They nope. just called her white girl. Yeah. And, and she then, tried to leave, and she was forcefully restrained. And then she was taken away by... Mustafa, who, yeah, and there's things implied there that perhaps this did not age well. No, and this is not that long ago. No, this is ten only years ten ago. years ago. Yeah, that would if there was Twitter then, uh, <laughs> it, it, there would have been some uproar. I think there was Twitter then, just not. Uh, it wasn't, everybody didn't get up on their soapboxes then. And I get it's entertainment, but whoa! If there was a line, TNA sprinted past that line with this promo. So I guess we're realizing why the gangsters were only in TNA for this one shot. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying? That they just kind of went off cuff here? And, uh, I mean, it didn't really seem like there was much script. There wasn't really wasn't anything to this promo. They're in, I don't know who they're wrestling this night. I, I, I have no idea what's going <laughs> on. Just come in and say, hey, white girl, and... They say, JB, you used to be a fan and got autographs. Now you got your little show. Now he's, now he's New there. Jack's bitch. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's it. And that, that was a live promo on a pay-per-view, right? I would hope so. <laughs> and I don't think they would have taped <laughs> well, this. Oh, well, there's it. a train now. I got to catch that train that's going <laughs> on right now. We're live. Wow. We're live, pal. <laughs> wow. What a, I mean, that is, I mean, normally we would crack all sorts of jokes and things like that, but I'm not even comfortable making jokes about this promo. Yeah. I, I don't, um, you know, can, I don't want cancel culture to come for me. And uh, Mike, I'm going to refrain from making any jokes. And I'd ask uh, both you and Adele to do the same. <laughs> so now I hope Mike Mills will uh, acknowledge that I'm not the uncomfortable white guy around New Jack this time. It's you. I'm more uncomfortable with the, uh, you know, implications with the with the young lady. Yes. Uh, very no. uh, inappropriate stuff here. And. Uh, Wow. I'm going to guess that's not going to make any best of impact wrestling slash TNA DVDs uh, in the future. Yep. I'm keeping keeping quiet on this one. If they ever made a, uh, if they ever have like a a network or on demand service of sorts, I'm going to go on a limb and say that promo (laughs) is edited off. I believe they do have a, yeah. a network. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet you right now, and maybe a fan could correct me. That pay per view, I guarantee that promo is edited off. Any release of that of that pay-per-view well thank god it's on youtube for oh thank <laughs> god you know say. yeah we'd really you know that's important for for everybody to see yep. you're sweating right through your roh hat <laughs> there malonis <laughs> all right well you heard this promo about nothing if you want the full picture before they take it down find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the wpan.com brian we're just a couple episodes away from big episode 200 and uh, who knows what's going to happen? Anything could happen on the WPAN. Really? <laughs> like, literally, who knows what's going to happen on episode 200? <laughs> we got to talk about it. But we'll be back here next Monday for episode 198 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Thank you, Adult Mark Boudry. Thank you for having me. And uh, lovely to be in your home. Thank you again. And for the absent Brian Fury, he's Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing. Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz
Bobby Cruz, 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 Bobby Cruz. Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby